G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin Isles is Managing Director of the ACL. Martin, a special welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be back. Hey, we began talking about what's going on in Tasmania last week, Martin, and there are some very oppressive laws that are being proposed in Tassie, and there's a bit of a call to action that's coming from the ACL. You better give us some insight here, and especially for Tasmanian listeners. What's going on in Tassie? Yeah, and also for um, other listeners to understand uh, what uh, the legislative regime is that, that could be rolling out around the country. We've seen movement on what they call uh, anti-conversion laws or conversion therapy laws or conversion practices laws or change and suppression laws, as they call them in Victoria. They've got all different names. Uh, and the justification for these things is that they say, well, we need to stop oppressive and harmful practices against LGBTQ people, uh, and therefore we need to stop this practice of conversion therapy. And people will say, well, what's a conversion therapy? And you might you think of that movie, Boy Erased, where a young fellow is sent off to some sort of anti-gay boot camp, and that's pretty terrible, uh, wrong-headed. Uh, or you might think of sort of aversion therapies or electric shock therapies or these uh, awful things that happen sort of uh, in bygone eras that aren't happening today. And I think most people, if they think of that kind of stuff, would say, oh, well, you know, you sort of shrug your shoulders and say, well, we'll make it illegal. I mean, who wants to do that uh, in this day and age? And that's all fair enough. And if that's what these laws were about or if that's all they were about, I certainly wouldn't be speaking up and raising a concern. The problem is that, as is so often the case with these uh, more progressive causes, they they go too far. Um, They sort of overreach. And we saw that in Victoria, uh, where the laws passed. Um, We saw it in the Australian Capital Territory. Now we're seeing it even so in Tasmania. And to get some idea of how far people want to go with these laws, uh, in Tasmania the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute has actually recommended that an idea effectively, or the the promotion of an idea actually be effectively outlawed. Uh, And the idea that they really want to attack and outlaw is the idea that change is possible at all. Uh, And they want to apply that to transgender people, and they want to apply that to gay people, whether they be adults or children. So the idea that a child with gender dysphoria, right, might change beyond their five or six or 10 or 15 year old self uh, to live out their biological sex, they really want to outlaw the promotion of that idea. And I'm not kidding. Uh, So if you're a parent and your son goes to school and he comes back and he says, you know, I I think I'm a girl and the school counsellor says that I am and the school curriculum talks about all this gender stuff, 
uh, and you say, no, son, you know, <laughs> uh, you're a boy, yeah, or, or at least, at least don't wear a dress and don't call yourself she just yet. I mean, you're only 12. Um, how about we wait until you're 18, 19, you know, a little bit older uh, and, and, and see how things pan out. What you're doing under these proposed laws is illegal conversion therapy. And there'll be people listening who are really struggling to get their head around this, and I understand why, because it seems so mad. Uh, if, if you were to tell your son that he's a boy, you might be doing something illegal under those circumstances. But if you were to say to your son, yeah, don't worry, yeah, let's experiment with this whole girl thing. Let's go for it. They call that affirmation, and that's not illegal. Um, this is how sort of twisted up these laws have become ideologically and they are trying to outlaw the idea of heteronormativity in other words boys are boys girls are girls boys like girls girls like boys they get married have children they literally are saying that those ideas should be hate speech that's one of the recommendations in this report and they say that any kind of exhortation to people to live out those ideas when they don't feel like they want to like they might feel gay or they might feel trans that ought to be criminal so you can see how we've gone an awful long way down uh, the rabbit hole here to uh, make laws that are effectively going to get in the way of pastors who might preach the Bible. They're going to get away in the way of medical professionals who might adopt a wait-and-see approach. Uh, they're going to get in the way of parents uh, who might want to raise their kids according to their Christian values in a most oppressive and diabolical way. These will be... If these laws were, were, were put into legislation and passed, as the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute recommends, this would no doubt be one of the most oppressive things that's ever happened in Australia. And that's why we're saying, look, all Christians and people who care about the truth on this stuff and care about the ability of parents and pastors and churches uh, and the gospel to declare the truth on this stuff, that change is possible, uh, that God has a, a template for these things, or that in cases where people uh, feel differently, there are wise approaches that can be taken which are not harmful and not oppressive, uh, which are in accordance with God's design. Uh, you know, if you support any of that stuff, then we encourage you to get involved with our campaign at acl.org.au. There is a petition there to sign, but also there's an email campaign, so you can email your uh, local uh, member of parliament there in Tasmania. And I will say this, there is uh, an opportunity here. Don't be discouraged. There is actually an opportunity here for us to make a difference. Um, we are seeing a little bit of traction with this campaign. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of progress and we can't stop now. Um, we've got to push hard. Uh, so I encourage people to get involved if they can. Martin, the thought that these things happen by stealth, uh, the idea that a community might be left out of the discussion altogether. When I say community, uh, well, all of us as parents, uh, what about school teachers? What about counsellors? What about the medical professionals? Uh, what about the faith representatives? Uh, even the non-English speaking background, multicultural communities, people left out of the discussion altogether and faced with legislation of something like this that could be so damaging for young people. Any thoughts here on the fact that these communities that would quite uh, obviously, I would think, uh, have a problem with this, but they've been left out? Yeah, certainly in the Victorian case, Neil, we saw these communities and stakeholders deliberately left out. 
the Parliament adopted a slightly different process where it had an invitation-only consultation, which is not normal. Normally, they put out a consultation to the community at large and invite responses. But it was done very secretly, and they had an invitation-only system, and then the laws appeared at very short notice, and everyone was taken by surprise. Uh, And the reason they do that, and look, in Tasmania, again, minimal consultation so far, Um, And the reason they do that actually is because they don't want these laws to be scrutinised. They want to go out to the public and say conversion therapy is bad, we're banning it and get all the applause. Uh, They don't want people to actually stop and say, well, hang on, what does the legislation actually say? And they don't want people to realise that the legislation has pretty much no connection to what they're claiming about conversion therapy. Firstly, conversion therapy, there's no evidence that it's happening uh, in Tasmania. But secondly, the legislation itself goes so far that it messes with every single parent's relationship with their children. Um, And they don't want people to see that. They don't want people to know that. Uh, And I'm speaking like there's a bit of an agenda here because there actually is. Uh, The individuals who are pushing these laws, they do know exactly what the laws uh, are achieving. They know that the laws are uh, potentially very much persecutory to the church and to Christian belief. Uh, They know that. And that's why they're passing them. They've got an agenda. So uh, I know that because I work in the political world. I I know the sorts of characters that are writing these things and putting these things together. I'm here to tell you it's not an accident. And the reason they rush it and the reason they they curtail all the consultation is because they don't want to be exposed, because they know that people will be upset by it. That's why the ACL's here. That's why we do the checking. That's why I read the report and we did a, a video on it and we've done this campaign. And we're also running meetings to inform people around Tasmania. We've done Launceston, we've done Hobart. Um, um, there's another one coming up in Ol- is it Olveston? Um, and uh, then we're going to uh, we're basically getting people involved to, uh, to to participate in the campaign. So, you know, I, I appreciate people getting on board with it, uh, and that's why we're here, and that's the job that we're fulfilling. They don't want to consult us, but uh, they're going to hear from us anyway. So as I understand it, it's Alveston next Monday, the 11th of July. You've also got a call to action that's happening, and this is something more especially if you're talking Tasmanian now for Tasmanian listeners, but uh, there's a a supporters uh, and volunteers who are on Thursday uh, going to be working very hard. Uh, I guess that's with the parliamentary petition and the writing campaign to key leaders. Uh, that's something that's coming up this Thursday. Not too late to get involved, Martin? No, definitely not too late to get involved. Please go to acl.org.au. The details will be there staring you in the face. So, uh, yeah, definitely not too late. The more the merrier on this, uh, you know. Uh, I know uh, Tasmania is a very idyllic place to live and... and uh, uh, but sometimes we've we've we, that 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 uh, that situation is threatened, and that's the, that's that's the moment that we're in right now. And so, I just encourage people to uh, to get busy and uh, protect their way of life down there. ACL.org.au. Hey, you've got to in some ways uh, be thinking about the future and uh, appreciate the fact that the Australian Christian Lobby has got a focus on young people and young adults and preparing them for the sort of world that we are now living in and that's changing so dramatically. You've got a thing called the download and that's happening this week and you've got more than a hundred young people who are taking part in it. What is the download, Martin? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. The the download is uh, a program that we run for 18 to 25-year-olds 
Um, you know, when I was growing up, Neil, I often heard my dad saying, I want my kids to have a real faith that's ready for the real world. And it's kind of based on that premise. It is that, look, you're 18-ish, you've come through your education years, you're about to step out into work, into university, into a big and a real world. Uh, you kind of need to be match fit. Um, you need to know the sorts of ideologies that you're going to encounter. Uh, you need to know the sorts of attacks and pressures that you're going to face. Uh, and we're here to help equip you uh, to understand, to deconstruct all of those things through your faith, so that your faith is ready for the real world. Uh, that's the whole point of it. Uh, it's just been phenomenally successful, Neil. Uh, we run the program every January and July. Uh, we have about 120 places on that program. Uh, it is completely full once again with a wait list. Uh, we have young people coming from every state and territory. And for the first time, we have some young people coming from New Zealand as well. Um, the average age is 20. Uh, I will be teaching at that every day, doing a biblical foundations series where I talk about all manner of uh, interesting things uh, that have their foundation in Scripture, from uh, the, the, the source of wisdom in the beginning God uh, to human identity, um, the way God made us, what is a person, or what's, the, what's, the, what's the point of life, uh, through to male and female, because the gender question is something that is so heavily on their mind at the moment through to the environmental movements and so on. And Dr. Stephen Shavura will do a series on uh, titled How Did We Get Here?, which talks about all of the main uh, uh, philosophical ideas and trends from the last couple of hundred years that have led us to this cultural moment that are shaping the thinking of the society around about us so that we can come to grips with it. And these are ideas they're going to encounter at university, like cultural Marxism and critical theory and postmodernism uh, and new ideas of, what, of harm, you know, uh, with you know, hate speech and all that kind of stuff. And so he goes through all of those forces, where they came from, how to think clearly about them. And there's a bunch of other special topics as well. It's a very exciting week. Uh, we spare no expense because we really believe in this uh, and we make sure it's, uh, it's a really worthwhile time. And I must say, Neil, as I travel around the country and speak at different things and go to different events and rallies and so on, I see these young people who have been to this program. They'll be sitting there in the front row at a conference or they'll be volunteering at the pro-life rally. Or It really lights a fire uh, in them. And I'm seeing that this fire lasts a very long time. So it is exciting. If you know people who are 18 to 25, uh, any listeners who would benefit from this kind of thing, I just say it's a life changing experience uh, and I've been told that over and over and over again by young people even a year after they've done it. Uh, look at the download, it's the download.org.au and see whether or not you might like to send them along or sponsor them to come. We make a loss on the program but we still charge a fee to make sure that people value it. The next one is in January, applications are going to open on the uh, 11th of July and uh, if you just want to follow along our social media, you'll get a sense of how the week unfolds uh, and what the program is like. So it's a really worthwhile thing. It's a future-building thing. It's a proactive, not a reactive thing. I know it's going to yield a lot of fruit. And it's in Canberra. And you know, is there any plan for taking these on the road, Martin? Uh, I know that there'd be some saying, well, if this was going to be happening in cities around the country, there'd be a bunch of young people that would take part. Any plans for the future on taking it on the road? 
Yeah, look, it's something we're actively considering, Neil. I, I can't make any commitment at the moment. But the trouble we have is that uh, Cam- the venue we have in Canberra is so unbelievably ideal. Uh, and so we're sort of reluctant to walk away from it. But also, it's quite central, actually, for most of the East Coast. You know, it's a hop, skip and a jump from anywhere in New South Wales. It's not far up from Melbourne and so on. So it's quite central. Um, and uh, it's going well. But we are looking next year at the possibility of taking it to other places, especially other places where people are less likely to travel from, like WA and Tassie and places like that. Well, I think a lot of listeners might be looking forward to that for their young people, and some might even be saying, hey, how come the young people get to do this? Uh, What about uh, the rest of us? But you've got something that's special that's coming up, the truth of it live, uh, coming to various cities that didn't quite get there last year. Babylon, the mini-series, has been announced, and uh, you've got the Babylon series travelling to some of the other capitals, Sydney, Canberra and Melbourne. Uh, Babylon mini-series, why is it called Babylon? That's a good question. Uh, It's called Babylon because... uh, that has something to do with the message that we're bringing to people. And you're right to say, Neil, people are constantly asking, well, what about stuff for the older folks? You know, you've got this amazing download program for the young folks, and that's special as it should be. But I always say, well, for the older folks, yeah, we do have some events. Uh, We have Babylon Sydney on the 24th of September, Saturday. We have Babylon Canberra on the 29th of October. Uh, which is a Saturday as well. And then we have Babylon in Melbourne on the 11th of November, which is a Friday night. Uh, Now, these are called Babylon because uh, in Scripture, you know, we we all know that Babylon is a a city, it's an empire in the days of the Bible. Uh, But Scripture also likes to invoke Babylon as a metaphor as well for all of the things that Babylon was, which is this sort of godless empire. Uh, It's the secular power systems of this world. And uh, there is a story in the book of Daniel of how to live for God, even in those conditions. There's also a story in Genesis 11 and Revelation 18 about what is the foundation of these godless empires and what is their destiny and how are we as Christians to live so that we survive beyond their destiny. They will fall. And the idea is, well, you know, it will fall, but but, but we're not going to fall, right? <laughs> we're going to live beyond it. So what should we be putting our energies into? What should we be doing that is of lasting value? And how do we remain obedient to God under pressure here and now? So it's based on the fact that, look, uh, we always are trying to influence this secular empire, if you like, for good. Um, but there's a sense in which we're not going to be able to overthrow it, if I could put it that way. Uh, it's rising, uh, things are changing, times are tough. You know, if we are going to be called to live like Daniel and his friends in Babylon, uh, metaphorically, um, then how should we then live? So that's the sort of uh, stuff we're going to answer. I think it's a very, very timely message. Uh, It's a very, very helpful and constructive message. uh, And it also is a hopeful one. It's not just saying it's all doom and gloom, things are bad. It's saying, no, God is put us here for such a time as this. He has called us to do work for his kingdom, uh, no matter what the circumstances. And we're going to show people the work that we do and the work that they can do in this day that is of lasting value. So you'll see lots of interesting stories. There'll be lots of testimonials. There'll be lots of things to see. 
uh, and there will be a message as well for people to be equipped and built up in. We're expecting those events to be uh, very big and very special, um, and we're certainly sparing uh, no effort on making those as good as they can be. So I encourage everyone to come along. Well, I think some listeners will remember just how successful the Truth of It Live tour was even during COVID and the stories we were telling about upgrading the venues because all of a sudden one venue too small. You've got to upgrade to the bigger venue and uh, the bigger venue because the numbers just keep getting bigger. And no doubt some listeners might even find some of those earlier Truth of It Live events on YouTube where you can refresh yourself as to what happened at some of those. But uh, the Babylon mini-series, keep that in mind, in Sydney, 24th of September, Canberra, 29th of October, and Melbourne, the 11th of November. And uh, you can check out the ACL website to get some more detail about how you can participate in those, acl.org. And uh, that reminder for Tasmanian residents specifically about some of those oppressive laws that are being introduced in the Tasmanian Parliament, acl.org.au, to be able to do something practical, take some action today. Martin Isles, Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.